Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So it's time to fucking get the wax out of your fucking ears. That's right, we say fuck a lot. Right here on the Rock and Metal Combat fucking podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Combat and Thrash or Die. And uh, I have with me, as always, my right hand. And if my my if my right hand was numb, it would be my friend here, Ian. How you doing, you drunk bastard? Yeah. Yes, I am the other hand that would finish you off. I'm yeah, doing good. That's right. He he gives me handies on the podcast. And uh, speaking of handies, I don't know how this relates, but uh, we're going to review two albums, two for the price of one, for the price of none, actually, because this shit is free. And uh, is uh, the two Ozzy Osbourne albums, or as they were supposed to be, the two Blizzard of Oz albums. And we'll explain that later. Um... How I discovered Ozzy, well, obviously I was a big Black Sabbath fan before then, um, and uh, I heard Crazy Train for the first time on the radio, saying this is Ozzy Osbourne from Black Sabbath, blah, blah, blah. I mean, before this song came out, uh, everybody like pretty much writ Ozzy off. Everybody was just waiting for him to die. I remember those days, because uh, Heaven and Hell came out first, and I actually went to the Heaven and Hell show, and I remember, like, two older guys in front of me uh, talking about, man, Ozzy, man, you know, Ozzy's gone, Ozzy's over, he's washed out, blah, 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 because Heaven and Hell was such an outstanding album, and nobody ever heard of Ozzy, but little did we all know, Ozzy was working on two masterpieces that would pretty much blow Black Sabbath away now. Uh, regardless of what you may think of Dio's Sabbath, if it's better than the two Ozzy albums, that's besides the point. The point is that Ozzy came back with a vengeance and just destroyed Black Sabbath popularity-wise. Uh, Blizzard of Oz, first album I ever heard. I saw the tour. I will talk about that later. I did get to see the great Randy Rhodes live one time. And uh, we're going to review that. And Blizzard of Oz, that's pretty much all I want to talk about is the background to my involvement to uh, the early Ozzy stuff. Uh, how about you, Ian? Uh, well, my, my first exposure to Ozzy was, you know, my old man playing the old Sabbath records. And, uh, you know, and, and then I was, you know, just like you, I was at the, uh, the Heaven Hell tour, and I heard a lot of people saying, oh, he's on his way out, you know, all this stuff. And I thought they were talking about Ozzy. Turns out they were talking about your mom. But your mom did come back with a vengeance. And, and and so did Ozzy, but my, my first my first exposure to Ozzy can't bu- bullshit here would be Ultimate Sin. Uh, would be the shot at the dark video. I, I, I bought Ultimate, I, 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 and I loved it. I fucking loved it. I bought I bought, I bought Ultimate Sin first. Oh, uh, then through Columbia House, I ordered the three previous ones. I got a uh, uh, Bark at the Moon first. Actually, I got Bark at the Listen Bark at the Moon first. And then went back and got uh, Blizzard and Diary. And um, I love them all. Some I love more than others, but we're going to get to that. But, uh, you know, Ozzy is great. You know, to me, it'll never be Sabbath, but I, I still enjoy the fuck out of it. Uh, he's a great artist, whether he's with, he's on his own or he's with Sabbath. 
Uh, just some are better than others. But uh, I can't wait to get into this album, these two albums, I should say, because I, I think we're going to go round and round on this. It's going to be a great episode. Oh, yeah, because, you know, if you have anything negative to say about any of these two albums, then we are going to go at it, pal, because I think these two oh. albums are flawless. Oh, then we're going to go at it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's start with uh, Blizzard of Oz, the very first uh, Ozzy Osbourne album. I already talked about how I discovered it. Um, I actually did not own this album until after I saw him live, believe it or not. But I did hear it at a friend's house. And one thing that stuck out in my mind hearing that first Ozzy album was the guitar solo of Mr. Crowley. I think that, I mean, I don't recall like Suicide Solution and I don't know and Crazy Train and stuff like that. It kind of like didn't like hit me till Mr. Crowley came on and that guitar solo of Mr. Crowley made me go, whoa, wow. And that, and then, you know, soon after that, I saw it, I saw the show live. Now, let me explain something to our listeners out there that I know a lot of them are young. Back in the day, when we would go see a concert, it would be like if you were the first in line, you get a better chance to get in front row. Now it's like if you are, if you are economy, you know, if you have enough money, you can get front row. Not back in the day because back in the day, front row was twelve bucks, and the last seat in the damn place, all the way up in the nosebleeds, was twelve bucks. It cost the same every single seat in the house. But here's another thing that was beautiful about the old school days. I went and got my ticket for Ozzy uh, maybe a day or two late. I ended up on 23rd row. But this is what we used to do. And you can still do this this day, kiddies. Do it this way. How did I get front row with twenty with my with my seat that said 22? That's so row 22? Well, there's this thing, it's called liquid paper. And you would just get liquid paper and you write over one of the twos. Therefore you're your second row seats. Now Wait, there's still more to it. You got to wait till the lights go down. When the lights go down, you know the the security guards are busy with the little flashlight. Just run up to him, show him it. He looks at it with the darkness and the and the and the crowd adrenaline going crazy because uh, Def Leppard was opening. Well, they were about to come on. He sees my ticket. Okay, go ahead. So I ended up getting second row seats. Jumped over the second row. I was front row on Pete Willis' side. Later on, Randy Rhodes' side. When Ozzy came out, uh, by the way, Def Leppard was phenomenal. That was uh, uh, high and dry. And all I can say is uh, I love 10-armed Def Leppard. With 10 arms, they did no wrong, especially with Pete Willis. Uh, after that, I, I really hate hysteria and everything afterwards. Sue me. So uh, they kicked ass. And then when Ozzy came out with Randy Rhodes, I'm smack in front of Randy Rhodes. And here's his little skinny guy. I didn't even know his name yet, by the way. And they opened with I Don't Know, which I'll be talking about that song now, but when he came out, I'll never forget, he was wearing, he was playing a Les Paul that was kind of like cream colored. It didn't have no whammy bar, but he would, with that little frame of his, would grab it and bend that neck to make that sound. That was my first impression of Randy Rhodes Live going, whoa, what was that? And then it just he just continued to blow my mind the whole freaking show. And I will get into that later on about that show, but I'll get into I Don't Know now. I Don't Know is what a great song. What a great opener. Um, 
it's just uh it's perfect it's a perfect song it's the riff the the killing the little tiny interludes uh mellowness of the the middle section only to go into that ripping solo great song ozzy pretty much saying hey man stop asking me questions i don't know i'm a moron what do you think of uh i don't know ian Alright, well, uh, you know, to kind of go with your backstory, you know, the first time I knew of, of Randy Rhodes was, uh, you know, after Jakey e. Lee was out of the band and they were releasing this album called Tribute. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Tri- tribute to who? Jakey e. Lee? There was a guitar player before Jakey e. Lee? You know, and I was like, well, I'll have to check this out. And man, was I fucking blown away, because, uh, Randy Rhodes, Jesus Christ. I mean, and, and I, I love, love, love some fucking Jake E. Lee. Always have a very special place in my heart. But Randy Rhodes, god damn. The fucking, the riffs this man played. And to come out the gate with this motherfucker, I don't know. Amazing, amazing. What a fantastic opener to this album. Um, just Randy through and through. It's so different from Tony Iommi. I mean, I, I still take Tony Iommi any day over Randy Rhodes, and nothing against Randy Rhodes, but uh, but man, what what a unique! Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, there's there's a little bit of Eddie in there, and you know, but he had a style all his own that was incredible, and it's all throughout everything he did with with Ozzy, and especially through this song. But uh, you know. Keep in hindsight, Bob Daisley wrote all the guitar parts and the bass parts and the drum parts and the vocals and everything. So you got to give it up to Bob Daisley. Ha! But uh, <laughs> this this is an incredible, incredible fucking opener. A classic Ozzy song that should be played at every Ozzy show because it's just flawless. I, I love I Don't Know. Then we go into Crazy Train. Oh, Crazy Train. Or I like to call it Rock and Roll All Night Part 2. Uh, man, I, I mean, it's a great song. It's it's a classic for a reason. Uh, but god damn, I never want to hear this fucking song ever again. Like, whenever this gets played, like, and I've seen Ozzy. Ozzy's my top three uh, shows of all time. I've seen Ozzy kissing Pantera more than any band. And I've seen a lot of fucking shows, boys and girls. Maybe not as much Dr. Fuck, but I've seen a lot. Uh... And it's like, all right, here comes Crazy Train. Uh, I I love it, but god damn am I fucking burned out. But it is a fantastic song. Uh, once again, it, it's made great by Bob Daisley. What do you think, Dr. Fuck? Uh, well, we'll get into the whole Bob Daisley thing uh, at the end of the show. You guys got to hear uh, my little thing on Bob Daisley that will dispel and also question him. But you got to wait till the end of the show. Because I have actual proof, and I will play it on this podcast from the mouth of Bob Daisley, something that he said that I have, and then we're going to question his credibility once I said this. But you know what? I know a lot of people out there, like Ian, are sheep, and they're going to believe Bob Daisley no matter what he says. No matter what he says, they're going to believe him. Now, I, on the other hand, am a little more fair because... To me, Bob Daisley could be telling the truth. I'm not saying the guy's lying about everything. He could be 100% right. But after you play this, after I play this clip toward the end of the show or the end of the review, um, and you don't question him, you are a sheep, a poser, and uh, your parents sucked at raising you. 
Alright, so uh, Crazy Train. No, I'm not bored of it like Ian here. I still love it. I love every song on this damn album. Uh, Crazy Train probably is the one, yeah, I heard the most. And, uh, you know, if, if you know you put a gun to my head saying, there's one song off Blizzard you never can hear again. Which one is it? Yeah, I'll say Crazy Train because I've heard it enough. Wow. But, wow. yeah, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, yeah, No Bone Movies. Great song, but we'll get into that later. Um, so, um, yeah, Crazy Train, I love. Then we go into, um, No, uh, Goodbye to Romance. Goodbye to Romance. Goodbye to Romance, like Crazy Train, were both embryotic in the Quiet Riot days when Randy was in Quiet Riot. I have a video, a pro shot video, actually, of, uh, Randy Rhodes playing little clips of Crazy Train and Goodbye to Romance, as well as D, the song D, and, uh... Uh, the, the B-side, looking through you, looking for me. All that goes back to the, to the, what do you call it, Quiet Riot days. I adore Goodbye to Romance. It is, and I'll tell you this now, man. There's a version out there that came out with the box set where it's just no drums, no bass. It's only Ozzy and Randy. That totally, totally blows away this studio version badly. You guys got to hear it. It's like an isolated track of just... Randy and Ozzy, and it's, oh, it gives me chills. That, to me, is the definitive version of the song. But this song's beautiful. When I saw them live, unfortunately, they didn't play this song. I didn't see them play this live, uh, Sunrise Musical Theater. Um, which, by the way, I did mention this to Rudy Sarzo, who was there playing in the band, and he's, he remembers that show quite vividly because he said uh, his parents saw him. His parents were there to see that show. Because Rudy is from... My hometown, Hialeah, Florida. And, um, oh, I love Goodbye to Romance. It's kind of like Ozzy's way of saying goodbye to um, Black Sabbath, you know, but also, you know, Bob Daisley said he wrote it. Uh, Bob Daisley also said he invented Gene Simmons, but that's a whole another, another, <laughs> another whole other story. What do you think of Goodbye to Romance there, uh, Ian? Uh, goodbye to Romance. How about Goodbye to the Momentum? On the fucking album. Uh, it's an alright song, but to me it's boring. And uh, like you, I did get to meet the great Rudy Sarzo, who is a fucking hell of a nice guy, by the way. If you, anybody ever gets to meet Rudy Sarzo, that dude is the real deal. Nice as can be. Loves the fans. You know, and I asked him, you know, because a lot of people... Uh, there's a lot of shit with Ozzy's catalog. Did Bob Daisley write it? You know, did this person write it? You know, and I asked him, I, I said, who actually wrote Goodbye to Romance? And he told me Peter Chris actually wrote <laughs> Goodbye to Romance. Wow, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like it fucking too. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, God. It, it's okay, but oh my God, does it drag the album down? And, I mean, really, if you listen to like the great rockers on this shit, but this plagues fucking Ozzy's solo career are these fucking sappy ass fucking ballads, you know, like oh, it's I, I want to be changes part 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 uh, and, and none of them are that good uh, it, this is just not, it, it's alright, yeah, it's about Black Sabbath, how the fuck would Ozzy know because he didn't even write the fucking shit, he just sings what's on the fucking teleprompter uh, it, it, it's an alright song. It's not horrible, but it's fucking alright. And man, at, at track number three on this album, wow, horrible placement. Should have uh. went with another rocker right here. 
And let me let me let me cut in for a second here, Ian. Okay, uh, go go ahead, go ahead. Okay, go ahead, I just wa- I just want to let everybody know that um, in order for Ian to say that this song's like whatever, he doesn't like it, and uh, I, especially after hearing what Randy Rhodes does in the solo and the song in general, he has no soul. And I am so embarrassed that <laughs> I, 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 it shames me to know that his penis goes in my mom. It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible thought that comes in my head that this soulless guy bags my mom. Fucking horrible. You, you think you think you're mad? You ought to talk to your mom. <laughs> All right. But well, uh, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, it's okay. But man, it, to me, it should have been left off the album. And it goes into another song that should have been left off the fucking album. Oh god! A song I like, a song I liked the first time when it was played much better and called "Spanish Fly" by Eddie Van Halen. Are you nuts? Is it? Oh fuck it! D does nothing. You want to talk about fucking filler? Okay, it's okay. Classical. It's like this is about my mama. Oh, go go fucking eat it. Hey hey, you're talking about Randy Rhodes here, man. Yeah, I love Randy Rhodes. You just told Randy Rhodes to eat a dick. This this is a goddamn wasted track. It, it, it should have went in the next one, but uh, you know, let's let's hear Ralph defend fucking D. Well, number one, Smash Fly is a shred fest. Okay, this is classical, slow, beautiful, great melody, just an amazing, oh, and 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 also like short and to the point, beautiful, doesn't bore. Unless you're an alcoholic that fucks whores like my mom, you don't get it. Hey, okay? No, 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 no. Your, hey, mo- hey. your, your, your mother's a classy broad. Yeah, right. She fucks. She fucks you. All right. That dispels hey, that well, shit. Oh, right. well, you got me there. Anyway, I hope she ain't listening. Hey, by the way, hi to your mom. I heard she uh yeah. she left a comment the other day. She's aware of it. Yeah. Actually, Ian's mom really does listen to this show. <laughs> and she's heard about me banging her. <laughs> I, I know. My mom needs a life and a new boyfriend. <laughs> I know, since I'm never going back. Anyway, so I, I love D. I think it's a great, great song. Beautiful song. And I don't know. It's just, to me, it flows well with the album. I think um, after this, it's like, you know rock central you know because it just gets heavy after this with the exception of the middle section well actually most of mother earth but uh going into this song is a song that i'm amazed we all haven't killed ourselves so you know only one guy killed himself that i know of to the next song called suicide solution which was uh, a song about alcoholism like solution meaning you know water liquor and um you know ozzy never said Get the gun and shoot, shoot, shoot. Uh, a great, great song. I will. I do have one thing bad to say about this song. Okay, I really don't like how number one, it doesn't have a killer guitar solo, and number two, how it fades out while Randy does these solos. And that's that's one of my main complaints about these Ozzy albums, like songs like "You Can't Kill Rock and Roll." And tonight, where Randy is just going apeshit with solos, that when it's fading out, I'm like next to my stereo, raising the damn volume to hear every little note while he's like going away. You know, it sucks how 
And and Suicide Solution ain't no different. Even though he's not ripping, he's doing all these weird noises, and it just fades out, which uh, sucks. But uh, other than that, everything about the song's great. The riff, the lyrics, the little sound effects Ozzy does. Great, great, awesome, awesome, amazing song. And when they did play this live, that's when Randy Rhodes did do his unaccompanied guitar solo that ripped my head off. Uh, what do you think of Suicide Solution, uh, Ian? All right, Suicide Solution. All right. This is what should have followed fucking Crazy Train because this is fucking more fucking like it. This is fucking phenomenal, phenomenal fucking track. Great guitar work by Randy Rhodes. Uh, great lyrics by Bob Daisley. I, I love when people ask Ozzy what the fuck uh, uh, Suicide Solution's about. Like, he would fucking know. Uh, Bob Daisley wrote the lyrics for him. And, and, and sometimes Ozzy admits, sometimes he won't. Some say it's about Bon Scott. Um, you know, Bob Daisley says it's about fucking Ozzy, who was killing himself at the time, while everybody's witnessing his, you know, his behavior. Either, I don't give a fuck who it's about. Suicide Solution is an amazing song that I never get tired of. And I'll tell you what, people, it never made me want to fucking kill myself. And I drink like a fucking son of a bitch on Saturdays and Sundays. But, uh, you know, I, I love it. And while there's so much drama about this song, I'll tell you what, if any song makes you want to fucking kill yourself, then do it because you are a fucking imbecile. And if a song will make you want to fucking kill yourself, you know what? The goddamn theme from fucking Titanic made me want to kill myself, but I didn't do it because I fucking know better. Uh, this is a great fucking track. Should always be played at every fucking Ozzy uh, live show uh, as a testament to Ozzy's solo uh, career and a testament to fucking Randy Rhodes. A goddamn fucking classic. And it leads into another one. That is just fucking incredible, and that is Mr. Crowley. Mr. Crowley, what a majestic classic. I mean, just everything about this song, musically, lyrically, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, something I'll get into later, but the production on this album by Max Norman, who, uh, you know, I don't always love, but, man, on these Ozzy albums, oh, man, to me, early 80s metal albums have the best fucking sound I've ever heard. I mean, I don't know what it is. They just sound fucking great. No matter what trend comes and goes and fucking Pro Tools and analog and fucking digital, man, early 80s fucking metal, I don't know, they just got it fucking right. And this is a song that sounds fresh and crisp and classic every time you fucking hear it. And it's an evil fucking song and I love fucking Mr. Crowley. What do you think, Ralph? Oh yeah, my favorite track on the album, but I do disagree with you. I really do not like the sound of the whole album. I think Blizzard of Oz suffers a lot in production, and the reason that is, wow. the reason that is, is because they didn't have money. They got they were given a shit deal from Jet Records. Uh, Sharon Osbourne, like you know, her dad was running Jet Records, and uh, but this album exploded, and you can tell by Diary of a Madman. Diary of a Madman has an insanely killer production. But Blizzard of Oz, to me, sounds kind of crappy. Sounds kind of, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know the word for it. Like, flat. But the songs dry? are... Dry? Yeah, dry. The songs are so killer that not even the production can kill it. But it is obvious to me. 
the production. I mean, if this thing sounded like Blizzard, if this album sounded like Diary of a Madman, I would have to say this album was better than Diary of a Madman. But no, I go with Diary of a yeah. Madman because of the production, but the songs also kick ass. I say the same thing with Iron Maiden's first album and Killers. Iron Maiden's first album, to me, in my personal I, opinion... I, I get you there. I, I, I hear that. I think the songs on the first Maiden album are better than the songs on Killers. But Killers sounds so killer, no pun intended, that um, it kind of like a lot of people, if they, you know, if a lot of Deano fans, they always point at Killers as their best album. I, I feel their Iron Maiden's best album is the first one, but... I love Killers, don't get me wrong, but, you know, if, if, uh, I think if the first Maiden album had that same production that Killers did, a lot of people would like Killers more. Same thing with Ozzy. Ozzy, most people think that Diary is their, is his best album, and I am one of those people, but I feel like if Blizzard of Oz sounded as good, I don't know, I don't think I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I still probably will go with Diary, uh, we'll get into that album later, because there are songs on there that, there's like several songs on there that are my all-time favorite Ozzy songs, better than anything off of Blizzard. But I already talked about Mr. Crowley earlier, how that guitar solo just blew my mind. It is my favorite track off the album. I love it. Now, the next one is uh, a fan least favorite, and I'm sure Ian don't like it. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket sign. No, he ain't going to like this one. But I love No Bone <laughs> Movies. No Bone Movies is awesome. It's um, about porn and... Uh, it's just Rocky Rolly. Yeah, I will admit, it does kind of like... It doesn't really fit the song structures on this album. I feel Goodbye to Romance does, actually. It does uh, go hand-in-hand hand well with this. But this song has that kind of Rocky Rolly riff that doesn't really go with all the other songs on this album. Which I will say, yeah, it sticks out as... Uh, you know, not not in the same uh, vein as the other songs. But I really love this song. I think this song is fun. I think this song is, uh, the, the, the you know, the pulsating glands. I just love that voice, man, this guy's got. And I'll get into that a little later, Ozzy's voice. And that relates to Bob, Mr. I Did Everything Daisley. Um, I love No Bone Movies. Now, go ahead. Attack it all you want, Ian. Uh, let that just shows you how you can fucking cornhole somebody's mother, but they really don't know you. Because I love No Bone Movies. Really? Wow. I, I do, but I will say this. It is filler. But it is fun filler. And this just, it is. It's a fun song about porn. And one goddamn guy doesn't like hearing a song about porn and a fun rock and roll song about porn jacking off. God damn, you gotta love No Bone Movies. It's no fucking masterpiece, but, you know, it's fun, you know? It's like jerking off, and it's like pizza. You know, it's never bad. You're always going to get your fill, you know? It's it's just, it's, it's, it's a fun fucking song, and it's a hell of a lot better than the next one, which is fucking Revelation Mother Earth. Okay, I, I know I know Ralph's going to go all ape shit, like, oh, this is... This is the greatest song ever, and he wants to save the Earth. I don't know. It's fucking boring to me. This is it, It's an okay song, but it's fucking boring. The only thing that saves this song for me is Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes does shine on this song, but other than that, you know, I don't care who's to blame for this. Ozzy, Bob Daisley, whatever. It's, it's, 
okay, but it's boring. It's only saved by the brilliance of Mr. Randy Rhodes. But, uh, all right, Ralph, let's hear you defend Revelation Mother Earth. Uh, what I have to say about Revelation Mother Earth is that it's the greatest song ever, and Ozzy's trying to save oh, the planet. God, oh, God. <laughs> it's a great fucking song. I love, love, love. This is probably my second favorite track off the album. Uh, oh. It is. It's beautiful. I wish Ozzy would play this more. He never plays this anymore, which sucks. Last time he did it was on the Bark of the Moon tour, which is bullshit. Great song, classical. That really showcases, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about Randy being a Eddie clone and stuff like that. Well, this song, I hear no Eddie. This is pure Randy. The, the classical influence on this song is undeniable. The little piano interlude is fucking awesome. And then when Randy comes in, it's just like, you know, sh- show's over. This this is just smoking, smoking guitar solo. Smoking riff, like gang, 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 that fucking that later Metallica made a living off of. What a great, great, epic, epic song that Ozzy has always tried to repeat this. And he only succeeded one time on the next album. But every other album, he tried to do it with Killer Giants, uh, Fire in the Sky, No More Tears. I can go on and on, but none of them can match the brilliance of Mother Revelation, Mother Earth. What a great, great song. And then it goes into the final track, which to me is the most fun song on the album, actually. Um, even more fun than No Bone Movie. Steal Away the Night. Great, great, great rocker. Awesome song. And it's just like, this is a song like when I fought, when I finally bought this album and this song came on, I was like, wow, this is really kicking my ass. And when this song ended, it just made me want to flip the fucking album over and play it again. Because it just ended on such a high note. It's just, This song should have just been called, Hey, this song's fucking the end of a killer fucking album. A kick-ass album, so play it again, motherfucker. The Night. That's what they should have called this song. Uh, what do you think, Ian? <laughs> uh, that's a gr- great synopsis there, Ralph. Uh, I love this fucking song. Uh, you know, I, I put this shit on my phone, you know, to jam too before we did the review. And half the album I deleted, either because of Overkill or I didn't like. But this is one that I was like, you know what? I'm keeping this motherfucker. Because this is a fun, fun track. And like you said, it's no bone movies, but better. Great, great, fun track. I still, there's still part of me that considers it filler. But goddamn, it's good fucking filler. It's fun. It's just, it's, it's, it's a fun, fun fucking track. I love it. But I'm not going to let the album end here. Because we're going to go into another song that was recorded for this album. was a B-side. And if you got the deluxe editions on there, called Looking at You, Looking at Me. And now that's some fucking filler. But I'd have rather had it on there than fucking D. I'll tell you this. They should have took D off the album and put Looking at You, Looking at Me. But, uh, I mean, it's not great, but I think it would have fit better on the album. But I, I think there was a lot of things that could have been changed with the sequence, you know, of the songs on the album. But I do think it would have been better than D. Uh, what do you think about uh, Better Than You, Better Than Me, or Looking At You, Looking At Me, whatever? I think it, it, de- it deserves to be off the album. I'm not a big fan of this song, though I do love the guitar solo. The guitar's 
I love any guitar solo Randy did on these uh, Blizzard of Oz albums. But like I said earlier, and if uh, anybody out there wants to see Randy Rhodes play this guitar solo in Quiet Riot, I actually have video of it, and you can see it on my YouTube review for the Blizzard of Oz, or maybe, yeah, it was on Blizzard of Oz. Uh, I actually put clips of him doing D, Goodbye to Romance, Crazy Train, and the guitar solo to this song. This song is kind of too, a little too happy. I mean, I remember when I first heard it, which was years after after this album came out. I, it was To me, it was awesome because, wow, here's a song from the Blizzard of Oz, you know, um, sessions that I've never heard before. So, of course, I'm going to love it. And I still do love it to a degree. But, no, it doesn't hold up next to the rest of the album, including D, you jackass. And, um, ah, whatever. So, uh, it's, it's, it's okay, but... I enjoyed the other unreleased track that they didn't, and it actually was last week's, uh, my pick of the week last week was just a song, and it was the song that's called uh, You Said It All, which didn't appear on on the box set or either album. And the only way you can hear it is from the Mr. Crowley Live EP. I love the hell out of that song. Uh, if you want to, I, I ain't going to repeat myself, just listen to last week's episode, but this song crushes uh, looking at you, looking at me. It's a much better song. It's just kick-ass. What do you think of that song, Ian? Uh, I, I, I totally got to agree with you there. I'm, and I'm sorry, I should have put that in my notes because that, that song does crush that. And that's another one that should have been... Take off fucking, uh, you know, Goodbye to Romance or D and put that motherfucker on there because that is a rocking song and I really dig it. Um, to, to give my synopsis as a whole on this album... It is a good album. I, I think it's overrated. Uh, honestly, I don't think it's as good as Never Say Die. I don't think it's as good as Heaven and Hell. I, I know it's not popular. There's a lot of Aussie peers that want to fucking, you know, smack me for that. But I don't think it's as good as those albums. Uh, I disagree with Ralph in the production. He's, I, I, I do get where he says it's a drier production, but I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the way the first Iron Maiden album sounds either. It, 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 it is raw, it's bare bones, but I think it serves the music well. And, uh, man, I, I tell you what, listen to this album, I was like, man, I wish there was more albums that sound like this. I, I do think Diary sounds better, but I I think it fits the album good. I, and and this, is, this is a classic album, it's a great album. Ozzy rebounded fantastic, you know, from, from leaving Sabbath with this. I, I mean, this is an excellent debut as a solo artist. But I, I think he's done better. But, uh, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the band. And this was a band, people. A lot of people, you know, you don't know. It was Blizzard of Oz. It wasn't Ozzy Osbourne Blizzard of Oz. It was a band called Blizzard of Oz. But, uh, like, Sharon, how she loves to fuck so much shit up. Uh, fuck this up. And, uh, but, but I also agree... If there wasn't Sharon Osbourne, Ozzy probably wouldn't be alive today. Ozzy probably wouldn't have the career he had today. So there's a trade-off, you know. Thanks to Sharon, Ozzy's where he's at today. But I think she cost him a lot on the way to get there. I, I think he stepped on a lot of people's backs and necks to get where he's at today. And, and Sabbath included. You know, I think Ozzy's fucked a lot of people over. Not necessarily Ozzy, but Sharon did. To get Ozzy where he's at today. But this is a fantastic fucking album. It deserves its place in fucking rock history. 
Randy Rhodes is fucking incredible. And what a lot of people need to remember, too, is the incredible drumming of Lee Kurzak and the bass playing of Bob Daisley and the writing of Bob Daisley. I mean, you can dispute how much, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Bob Daisley wrote this shit, okay? Okay, Ozzy didn't write shit in fucking Sabbath either. Remember, that was fucking geezer, you know? Bob Daisley helped him out a lot. And I'll tell you what, if you're an Ozzy fan, look at the albums that Bob Daisley helped out in. Look at the ones he didn't. Look at what you like better. That's all I'm going to fucking say. I'm going to leave it to you to, to give your synopsis on uh, Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard of Oz. Uh, I, loved, I loved your synopsis. Like, well, oh, it's overrated. I like Never Say Die and Heaven and Hell. It's an overrated album. But it's a great album. Shut up. Shut up. Or you're, you're, you're like schizophrenic, bro. What the hell's wrong with you? And I'm the one with three Facebook. I'm the one with it's three Facebook channels. Hurt. You know, I'm the guy that it's should be schizophrenic. Okay. <laughs> You're a moron. All right, so um, okay. you got to find beer that makes you smart, bro. All right, now let's get into the second album and personally my favorite Ozzy Osbourne solo album, Diary of a Madman. Uh, this album was recorded kind of like under pressure because uh, Blizzard of Oz did so well in the States that they were ready prepared to come uh, do a headline show in the United States. And uh, Sharon came up with the idea saying, look, you know, you guys are going to be torn so long. Let's try to knock out an album before you go over there. That way we can release that album later. Which they did. Randy Rhodes was not happy, believe it or not, with Diary of a Madman. He felt like it was rushed. And he didn't have time to finish his parts correctly as he wanted. So can you imagine this being any better? That blows my mind to think if Randy can improve the greatness he did on this damn album. This is amazing. Uh, and is man, this is by far the best solo album Ozzy ever did. He will never come anywhere near this. This album is so great. It rivals even, I, I believe, the best Sabbath album. This is so fucking good for the most part. Um, it's an incredible, incredible album. Sounds incredible. And it opens up with one of the most incredible metal tracks of all time, Over the Mountain. Oh, my fucking God. What a way to start this shit off. Uh, man, fucking Randy's guitar on this is fucking just soaring. This is a great, great, another one that should be played... There should never be an Ozzy solo show that doesn't have Over the Mountain and a guitar player that can play it properly. Because this is just fucking amazing. Once again, incredible lyrics by Bob Daisley. But I love this fucking song. Absolutely amazing. What do you think, uh, Ralph? Uh, I totally agree when you said, like, you know, guitar player to play this properly. There's no such a thing. Because I've never heard a guitar player do that guitar solo. Not even close. Jakey Lee did it at the Us Festival. No cigar. Uh, Brad Gillis. No. I haven't heard um, Zach do it. I don't think uh, Ozzy was playing it by the time Zach got around to being in the band. But, uh, oh my God, yes. A standout track to me. There's only one song I think I would like more than this one. Or I would say Tide. But th as far as like heavy... This is the best Ozzy heavy song ever. I don't think he'll ever come close to something this great ever again. His voice is soaring in it. The band is on fire. And another thing, too, is that for years, 
I thought that was Aldridge and Sarzo because the album had a picture of Sarzo and Aldridge uh, with Randy and Ozzy. So I thought for years that was them on the album. I don't remember when I found out it was actually Bob and Lee later on, but uh, you can understand how you would be easily confused because it sounds so different than Blizzard production-wise. You figure there are two different musicians on it, but I was wrong. It was actually Bob and Lee. And a big rumor back in the day said that Blizzard and Diary were actually recorded at the same time. And then one was released earlier than the other, which is not true. Uh, Actually, I believe there's only a six-month gap between these two albums. Like, after Blizzard was done, they went out and toured, and then six months later, they went in and recorded Diary. That's the real story, I believe. Anyway, uh, and also an interesting book out there called uh, Off the Rails. Rudy Sarzo actually had a diary back then when he was touring with Ozzy, and he wrote down everything, all the tour tour dates and everything. It's quite an interesting book, interesting read. I highly recommend it. And um, what can I say? This song rules. And then it goes into... The uh, pretty much the soundtrack of my burnout youth, flying high again. You know, this song is just so killer on weed. And we used to smoke weed and sing this. Mama's gonna worry. I've been a bad, bad boy. This is like the soundtrack to rebellion in the early 80s. Because at this time, I was 16 when this came out. And, you know, that's the, that's the most rebellious time. And Ozzy was the bad boy back then, man. Everybody loved, loved, loved Ozzy Osbourne. If you were into metal, that was your god. And uh, I love his voice, and I love his voice on Flying High again. What a great, great song. The single, and it just smokes. And Randy again, just ripping solo, which forever I thought it was finger tapping, but it's not. That's not him finger tapping. That's, uh, that's him playing normally. It sounds like he's finger tapping. That's because he was just that awesome. What do you think, Ian? <laughs> to sound like the ghost of co-host past, I have to concur with you, Ralphie boy. This song kicks recon ass. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, this is Ozzy through and fucking through. Uh, lyrically, I mean, I, I you know we all know Bob Daisley wrote this. But, uh, man, you couldn't fucking write something better for Ozzy for his persona and the character that he is and what everybody loves. A great, great, incredible song that could not be improved on. I fucking love this. And then it goes right into what, um, I won't say I think. I'll say what I know is the best Ozzy ballad of all time, which is You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. Um... Best fucking ballad by a fucking country mile. He will never do... I mean, fucking So Tired's a piece of shit. Uh, fucking, you know, Mom, I'm Coming Home and all that fucking uh, shit. Uh, Road to Nowhere fucking bullshit. Don't hold a fucking cunt hair. You can't kill rock and roll. Um, incredible, incredible fucking song. Lyrically, musically, production. Everything is fucking spot on. One of my all-time favorite Ozzy songs. You Can't Kill Rock and Roll is incredible. What do you think, Ralph? Yes, I love the hell out of this song. Like I was saying earlier, I just hate the way it ends where I have to like put up the, the, the knob or the volume to hear every little solo. Because Randy is just ripping at the end of that song. They should release like some kind of like 
you know, the, the, the whole solo where this, until the song ends, you know. I love this song. Uh, as far as the best ballad, no. Goodbye Romance is a better ballad than this one. Oh, oh, God. Oh, no. Yes. No. Yes. No. It sure is. No. Are, are you serious? I serious. am serious. You are, you are going to sit here and lie to our fucking audience. Hey, hey, I'm not, hey, I'm not Bob Daisley. <laughs> Let me tell you really, something. You, really, really, you think Goodbye to Romance is better than this song? Uh, yes. It's a better ballad, yes. Uh, okay, I'll give up. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, but right. I will tell you this, and I'll say it toward, uh, later on in the episode. This is not my favorite Ozzy Osbourne ballad. And neither is Goodbye to Romance. There's a ballad oh, okay. that I feel is better than both those songs. Oh, oh. Okay, all right. Alright, All right, uh, but I love this song. I do remember, I'll tell you this. I remember when I first bought the album and I saw the back of the cover and I said to my friend, check it out, you can't kill rock and roll. I bet this one's a fucking heavy one. I thought it was going to be like a real heavy song with that title. So I was kind of like taken back when I heard it. I don't think I hated it, but I was a little disappointed going, oh, this ain't heavy. You know, but, but still, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's heavy or not. But you know what? I, I feel like a ballad should not be called You Can't Stop Rock and Roll or You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. I don't think that's a good name for a ballad. It's just not. But anyway, it's a great song regardless. Randy shines on it like he shines on everything. Now, I'm not this Randy nutswinger that says that everything Randy Rhodes does was great because the Quiet Riot stuff wasn't that great. Okay, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit it. There were little shining moments where you saw the greatness of Randy Rhodes, but Quiet Riot with Randy was not as good as Quiet Riot with Carlos Carvazzo on Metal Health. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I meant. Metal Health was better than all the other, the Randy Rhodes, the two Randy Rhodes Quiet Riot albums. All right, going into the next song, which was a song I first heard live, a song called Believer, which was played when I saw him live. And also, Flying High Again was played that night, too. Ozzy said, this song's going to be off the next album. And I don't remember Flying High as well as I remember Believer. Believer, I was like, wow, man. Because this song was like the closest to Sabbath I think Ozzy got with Randy. And Randy was not an, a Sabbath fan. But uh, this song does have that gloomy, doomy type Sabbath thing. And it's probably up there with one of the greatest guitar solos Randy Rhodes has ever done. Believer is a monster song. A great killer kick-ass song to end side two. I love Believer. What do you think of Believer? Uh, <laughs> it is... I, I, I'm still pissed about what you said about you can't go rock and roll, but I digress. We're going to go on to this song. Uh, Believer is tied. It's in a dead tie with my favorite fucking Ozzy Osbourne song of all time. Believer is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, everything about it. This stands toe-to-toe with Black Sabbath. I, 99% of his solo career does not. This one does. This stands fucking toe-to-toe. An incredible, incredible goddamn song. I cannot say enough good about Believer. This is just fucking phenomenal fucking heavy metal it is great and uh, i can never express the greatness of this song 
But it does lead into track number five, which is Little Dows. Which was the grower for me on this album. I used to not care for this song. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's just talking about dolls. You know, like I don't like Ace Frehley's dolls. I don't like toys. I don't like song about to toys or dolls or whatever. It, it it just didn't get me. I was like, ah, this is a skipper. And, and, and uh, you know, a, a, a fan of the podcast and a good friend, Justin Child. Childers? Or oh, that, 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 that crazy dude. We got to get him yeah, on the that show. That Adrian, that, that Adrian Smith nut swinger. Yeah, that dude. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. But he brought it up to me one day. He's, he's like, "What? That song's fucking awesome." I was like, "All right, maybe I'll fucking maybe, maybe I missed something." You know, I've been wrong once. Uh, you know, and that was about your mother. But uh, you know, I was like, "Okay, I'll give another spin." And I was like, "Wow, what did I miss the first time on this fucking song?" Because I love this fucking song now. I love, love Little Dolls. I think it is a great, great, fun track. And I think it now I think it fits perfectly on this album. I mean, there's so much different shit and different tempos. And I, I think it's a perfect sequence in the album. I love everything about this song. I think it's fantastic. I love Little Dolls. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, yeah. Little Dolls is a fucking awesome song. I just wish it would have had a guitar solo. But yeah, it's you know it's about dolls, but it's about voodoo dolls, actually. If you listen to the lyrics, you know, uh, needles pricking the skin, something like that. I don't know. It's about you know voodoo, and it's awesome. It's a great, great little ditty. It is kind of like the filler track, never performed live. Probably my least favorite off the album, but still a great, great song. Um, going into what I consider the greatest Ozzy Osbourne ballad ever. Oh! Tonight oh! Blows oh. away oh. Blows away You can't stop rock and roll Can't kill rock and roll And Goodbye to romance combined I love tonight Tonight is like A beautifully written uh, I love the bass on it The little bass Little thing that goes on through it um, uh, It's Bob Yeah it's Bob, Bob Daisy yeah, yeah. Not Rudy Sarzo As I thought for many years um, Bob Daisley. Beautiful song. Ozzy sounds amazing. Randy, again, does one of those ripping solos that at the end of the song, I just sit there turning the volume up higher and higher as the song fades out. Tonight is my all-time favorite Ozzy Osbourne ballad. And I will even say, I'll even go as far to say that it's my favorite ballad of his whole career. What do you think, Ian? Uh, well... There's one thing that makes me happy about this song is now I know that you are not fucking clean and sober because this is not by far the best band. This is the filler track on the fucking album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randy does okay on it. Okay. But this is fucking... He does okay, but this is fucking filler. There is no way that this shit is better than You Can't Kill Rock and Roll. And this is the one, I knew it from the first time I heard it when I was 12, but I know it now when I'm fucking 40. This is the fucking filler track on the fucking album. Uh, it, it, it's, all, it's not a horrible song, but it's the fucking filler. This is the worst song on the album. I'm not saying that that it's horrible, but this is the worst song on the album. And it's and, and stereotypical of future to come fucking and before 
horrible fucking Ozzy bounce. Ozzy needs to quit being so goddamn fucking melancholy. Do some fucking hey, 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 the, hey. And cheer the fuck up. Hey, okay. why don't you blame Bob Daisley for this one, huh? Oh, oh, oh. oh you got... Cat got yeah. your tongue okay. there, huh, you drunky? But at least uh, it goes into an, a much, much better song uh, called Sato or Sato however the fuck you want to pronounce it. I love this fucking song. Love it. But I was so, so upset when, uh, I mean, they're, they're, different people say what the, what it stands for. So it was sail across the ocean. But I think they said it was, uh, Ozzy said that it was about, um, uh, it stands for Sharon and somebody and Thelma and Ozzy. Sharon, Sharon Arden, Thelma, Ozzy. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, But I was like, oh my God. When I found that out, that was like the moment in fucking Christmas Story when you find out that the Dakota ring says, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. You know, like, what the fuck? I mean, you th- it was supposed to be something evil, something like, oh my god, what does this stand for? I don't know, because it's such an awesome song, but it's going to be something like awesomely fucking evil. And then you hear some fucking gay-ass shit like that, like, oh, man, did that let me down. But it does not ruin the song, because the song is fucking incredible. Uh, man, this is what I tell you, what I've seen Ozzy... Uh, like I said earlier, I believe Ozzy, Pantera, and Kiss. I've seen the most amount of times. Seen Ozzy so many goddamn times. Never heard him play this fucking song. And if he did, I'd fucking lose it because this is an incredible fucking song. I just wish it standed for something. You know, the the acronym was something evil. But uh, the song itself is absolutely perfect. I fucking love it. What do you think, Ralph? Um, number one, I, I gotta disagree with you. The acronym is fucking evil. What are you, fucking blind? Sharon Arden Thelma Osborne. <laughs> that is evil as fuck. You can't get more evil than that. What the hell's wrong with you? Um, God, I love the hell out of this song. Um, yes, uh, Ian, I will give you a little lesson on uh, what Ozzy has played live. The only songs he's ever played live off this album is Over the Mountain, Flying High Again, Believer. With Randy Rhodes. He only played three songs off this album with Randy. He did play the song Dive of Madman many years later. I believe it might have been Joe Holmes during an OzFest tour. Wow. I think it was when wow. they, they had Jason Newstead in the band. They did wow. play. See, I, I saw that, but I don't. Maybe. I saw the same show you did. It, no, I didn't fun, see the I show. I remember playing that song. I didn't see the show. I saw it on YouTube. Okay. I, I'm not sure if it is Jason Newstead though, but it's definitely an okay. Oz, it, it was definitely an Ozfest tour. They actually did play Die of a Madman and Ozzy did singing sing it because yeah, for a long time they were playing an instrumental version of it. But there is actual right. footage. I saw footage on, on YouTube of Ozzy actually singing this song for one time, you know. But anyway, uh, which goes into that song, the title track. To me, it's a freaking masterpiece. This, to me, is like the crowning gem of Randy Rhodes and Ozzy Osbourne together. This is like such a gem of a song. Everything is so perfect. Ozzy said that he heard Randy playing the intro one day backstage and turned out that intro Randy was playing was from a classical conductor. 
I don't remember who. But, uh, and uh, Randy said, uh, yeah, we can't use that, Ozzy, because it's from this guy from, you know, 100 years ago. And Ozzy's like, screw him, that shit's public domain, we're using it. So that, some of that was uh, taken from a classical conductor that I can't remember who it was at the moment, but uh, what a great, great intro. And that riff, that thing, it's so awesome. And they actually own, uh, they actually got a real choir to sing that along, that, oh, 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 that was actual choir they hired to do that. Great, great song, amazing, amazing uh, epic that Ozzy never matched again. Uh, this, to me, is the pinnacle of Ozzy trying to write an epic tune. What do you think, Ian? <clears throat> our, uh, to quote our, our former co-host, this is where I get to school your ass. Uh, the class fucking Pope that wrote that was Bob Daisley. <laughs> True story. Uh, this, this is fucking phenomenal. And this is the one that is tied with Believer as my all-time favorite Ozzy Osbourne song. In fucking incredible. I, I tell you what. I saw him on that tour when Newstead was playing bass, I remember, because he was playing with Boy Vibe, and then he would play with Ozzy. But uh, I, I, I tell you what, I know I was on some drugs, but I don't think I was on drugs enough to, to know that I missed this song, because this is fucking amazing. If I ever saw Ozzy play this shit, you know, I, I would have fucking remembered that shit. This is incredible. Incredible. Epic. Epic fucking metal incredible guitar playing by fucking randy rhodes and not to leave out bob daisley and lee kurzuk i mean this is just phenomenal phenomenal an incredible fucking album which i think only has one low point and that is fucking tonight uh, amazing ozzy and i think the problem with his solo career from here on out was the band you know not only losing Randy, of course, but from every album, you're losing somebody, you're gaining somebody. You know, this guy's writing lyrics, that guy's writing lyrics. There was never that cohesive unit that there was on these two albums. And that's why I think these two albums stand out so great. Not just because of Randy. I mean, Randy is a huge part of that. But this was a band. This was a fucking unit. But, you know, fucking Sharon as she is... You know, any way to squeeze a fucking extra nickel, hey, kick out the guy who wrote something, you know, so we get more share of that. You know, it's just like you can't get fucking Ultimate Sin anymore because there's still a lawsuit going over Shot in the Dark because Phil Sousen or Susan or whatever the fuck his name is wrote that, and you you won't hear a studio version of Shot in the Dark on any Ozzy compilation. Uh, that one's not remastered. It's out of print. You know, it, it's, it's always... It's a hodgepodge of musicians... And it loses the point. Uh, probably the last great band he had was the No More Tears band. But now and it's even more diluted with this fucking Gus G guy. Oh my God, don't even get me fucking started on that shit. But, uh, you know, Ozzy just really lost the point. But Ozzy became a larger-than-life figure to where Ozzy meant more than the fucking music. Ozzy could put out whatever he wants and there could be a lot of filler. And people are going to buy it, and people are going to love it, because it's Ozzy. Uh, I mean, he's got some great songs after this. I, I, I love the Jakey e. Lee albums. I love the first two Zach Wilde albums. 
but after that, it, it, it gets even more spotty and more horrific. Uh, just filler after filler after filler. Uh, I love Ozzy, but uh, but uh, his solo career to me isn't that impressive. I mean, it started out fucking great. Then there's a couple of good ones, you know. But uh, but then there's a lot of fucking clinkers too. But everybody will go to it because it's Ozzy. You know, and I, I, I get that because when you see Ozzy live, he's so fucking energetic and so awesome. You will overlook that you have to sit through fucking Mama, I'm coming home and fucking road to nowhere. You know, fucking horrible, horrible ballads like that. You know, to hear a couple of fucking classic songs. But uh, this is really where he peaked with his career, and it was all downhill afterwards, in my opinion. Uh, but I know Ralph is a major Ozzy Nutswinger, so he's going to disagree. So, Ralph, why don't you give me your overall on Diary and Ozzy as a whole? Well, I can tell you this. I, I won't disagree 100% with you. I will agree. Um, you know, Bark of the Moon was, was a cool album. I mean, there were some songs on there I couldn't get into. But, man, songs like um, Rock and Roll Rebel and especially Waiting for Darkness. And uh, that's like my favorite track off there, Center of Eternity, uh, the title track, and Now You See It, Now You Don't. Great, great song. And I, yes, I liked So Tired. Fuck you. I thought it was a beautiful oh, ballad. Oh, fuck you. That's a great oh, song. Horrible. I love that song. Horrible. The next horrible. album, ugh, other than a couple songs, you know, Ultimate Sin was like, too, too, too po- it was a polished turd. I love No Rest for the Wicked. I thought that was a return really? to form. Really? Yes. I find I, I find I there's stuff I love, but I find it kind of spotty. But yeah, it ahead. does it does have some spotty material, but I love Miracle Man, Devil's Daughter, uh, Bloodbath in Paradise, Tattooed Dancer, Demon Alcohol. I love all those songs. It's pure metal. It's where Ozzy belongs. Uh, but it was probably his least sell, uh, uh, selling album uh, in his career up to that point. That he went a little more commercial on the next album, which still had some great songs like Mr. Tinker Train, Desire, Zombie Stomp, I Don't Want to Change the World. Yeah, it had its moments, man. No More Tears. I even like the song No More Tears. Oh, but, that's that's a great song. I love No yeah, More Tears. Yeah, that, that, you know, that album had had its moments. Now, the next one, but I had a problem. Yeah, I had a problem with uh, yeah. Osmosis. Osmosis. Horrible album. Uh, I did I like agree. I did like Perry Mason. I like that song. Oh, I, I, I actually did like that song. But the rest, I'm sorry. I, 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 I like Thunder. I like Thunder Underground. I, I think thought, that's the only one I really like. I thought that song had potential, but it was I don't know. There was something missing on it. Uh, <laughs> then I get the next couple ones confused. If it was Down to Earth or Back to Earth or. Or whatever, the, uh, you know those down to down to earth. Was that down the next one? Is that the one that had yeah. that song? I'm not the Antichrist or the Iron Man. Well, well, that song. I, it all it all sounds the same. That song I love. I love the song. Whatever that song is, I like that one. And there was another song I believe on that album called Trap Door that I really enjoyed. And then uh, then the next one I think it was called Black Rain. I think Black Rain is the one that had Trapdoor. Well, anyway, I mean, again, it was like these albums are just so whatever. Then the last one, Scream. I fucking loved it. And I love Gus G. Fuck you. That's a great album. Scream was like Ozzy's best album since No More Tears. 
It's a really good overlooked album. Scream. Oh, 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 that's saying a lot. That's saying a fucking lot. It, it is a great album, and I saw that tour. Ozzy sounded great. Ozzy was kicking ass on that tour. His voice came back. He was amazing, and Gus G's a badass, man. He's a great guitar player. And, uh, well, that's uh, my thing. Now let's get into Bob Daisley. Now, Ian, I want you to listen closely. Yes, sir. I want you to listen closely yes, to sir. this clip. Listen very closely okay. to this clip, and when we're done, uh, I want you to tell me what you think of what Bob Daisley just said, okay? And then, okay. And then okay. I will talk after you, all right? Okay. Now, okay. here's a clip from Bob Daisley off the Rainbow live in Munich DVD. Check this out. There's a funny story about... Um, there's a promoter called Eric Thompson in, uh, in Scandinavia. He's Danish. But Richie, Eric Thompson, obviously, his, his initials are E.T. And he actually looked a little bit like E.T. He had a sort of, yeah. an E.T. sort of face. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Richie, Richie got his passport and took his photo out and put a picture of E.T. <laughs> and didn't tell him. And we were going through customs somewhere. And they handed his passport. <laughs> and he opens it up and there's a picture of E.T. in there. <laughs> so they're all calling their mates over. And <laughs> All right, Ian, you heard what Bob Daisley just said. What's your opinion on what he just said now with Richie Blackmore and the E.T. passport? Go ahead. Okay, well, that's impossible because E.T. hadn't come out yet when he was in Rainbow. That's right. You are right because that was in 1978 when Long Live Rock and Roll and the only lineup Bob Daisley was in. So, I pen this question to you, my friend. Is Bob Daisley full of shit or what? Uh, he is on that quote. I will whoa, say whoa, this. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean on that quote? So you're actually going to take what he said in the future? Tr- hey, I'm not saying he's lying, but don't you now have to question how honest this guy is with that bullshit? Um, I, I, I will say that is a salacious bullshit uh, quote, that there's no way that happened. But what I will say is this. Why was he kept on the payroll and kept being brought back from every album, no matter whether he was in the band or not, every album from Blizzard of Oz till No More Tears, he was involved in the writing. That you cannot, you cannot decredit. That's discredit. right. That's right. But I can also okay. turn that around to you. Now, let me ask okay. you this. If he was so fucked over by Ozzy and Sharon, then why did he keep going back? Money. Oh. Money. Oh, Money. Oh, so Money. so in other words, Bob Daisley's a bitch. Uh, well, I will say he need to pay the... I mean, there was no other way... I mean, Bob Daisley's been in, in Rainbow. Uh, I mean, he was even in Black Sabbath for half a second. Uh, I'm not going to say... I mean, the fucker needed money. I think he's talented uh, for what he's done, not only his bass playing, but his lyric writing. And I think he's good at that, and that's why he was brought back time after time. Let me let me explain right, some Ralph. let me explain something to you that history has proven without a shadow of a doubt. You just said Bob Daisley's talented. He's talented? Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's talented when Ozzy sings for him, because without Ozzy, the guy can't do shit. History has shown Bob Daisley being this amazing songwriter and shit like that. What the fuck has he done that's even a smidget as popular as his work with Ozzy Osbourne. Go ahead. I'll give you time. 
uh, he's done nothing on his own. No, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But I'll tell you, what has Ozzy done that's worth a shit without Bob Daisley? Well, that, that, let me tell, okay, all right. This I will say. I, 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 in, all, in all honesty, because he was involved with every Ozzy album from Blizzard of Oz through No More Tears. You tell, you, you put, which catalog is stronger? Uh, Blizzard through No More Tears or No More Tears Past? Well, obviously, you, bl- Blizzard to No More Tears, obviously. Yeah, you goddamn right. Yes, Ozzy's best work, solo-wise, was with Bob Daisley. And, and uh, with Geezer Butler. Now, yeah, that's just a personal opinion on my part and your part. But as a whole... Agreed. Ozzy has not and, suffered, and, and, and the fans apart because look at look at the record sales. No, the record, the sales, record sales. The record sales were still strong with Osmosis. Was still strong with the other oh, ones. Oh, 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 not, nothing compared. Nothing compared to the past. Nothing compared. No, no. It, there, there's it, no Osmosis went. No, somebody no. looked that up. It must have went platinum. Must have, and that was during the height of grunge. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. Okay, whatever. Okay, let's compare. I'd, I'd be surprised if that went platinum. I really don't. Let's, but let's compare but, Ozzy Osbourne's career to Bob Daisley's. Bob Daisley. No, no, I, I agree. I, Bob Daisley is worthless without Ozzy Osbourne. Okay, that's just the way it is. I know a lot of people can turn around saying, "Yeah, well, Ozzy is worthless without Bob Daisley." No, he's not. I mean. The number shows the guy's an extremely uh, famous person, and uh, Bob Daisley is not. And let me also add that Bob Daisley has taken them to court many, many times, and's always lost every single case. Now I can't tell you the logistics of those court cases, and neither can he. But he never won ever. Against Sharon, and I'm not saying that Sharon. Hey, man, I'll be the first one to sh- slam Sharon Osbourne. And let me tell you something: I've been in denial about Sharon Osbourne, and I would let things go with Sharon Osbourne until she did that blasphemy. The first blasphemy thing she did was come out and say that she fucked Randy Rhodes. I don't think that was necessary to sm- to smudge a-, a legend's name like that. And then just as bad was when she replaced. Bob and, and Lee with uh, Trujillo and uh, Borden. Mike Borden. And, yeah. and really ruined those fucking albums. Uh, yeah, that's when, it, that's when it's like, I can't defend this bitch. That's fucked up, you know, what she did. All right, well, well what, what I will say there is if, uh, if Bob Daisley is guilty of anything, I'll say it's probably not being as smart as Sharon. For what, whatever he signed... I, I mean, okay, okay. here's a prime example. Prime example. If you want to look at this shit, look at the writing credits. On Bark at the Moon. Bark at the Moon. I know. Yeah. I know this. Everything is, everything is to Ozzy. Yeah. Are you telling me Ozzy wrote all that shit? I could not defend that at all. Yeah, yeah. Give me, and, and, that, and that's an example. Okay, here, here's what it is. Jakey e. Lee is a new hungry musician. Bob Daisley is a guy who's always on the outside but talented. These guys need a fucking paycheck. Okay, they know they're not going to get anywhere without Ozzy. They have talent, but they need a vehicle for that talent. Ozzy was that vehicle. Ozzy okay. was Ozzy was that talent. 
Get that right. Uh, he was that uh, talent. Because Ozzy Osbourne, what a lot of people take for granted, and a lot of people don't see it as good, uh, Bob Daisley never wrote a melody line in his life. And even Bob Daisley admits that Ozzy wrote all the melody lines, and then Bob Daisley wrote words to that. Melody lines are extremely important to songs. Extremely important. And that's where Ozzy Osbourne shows his talent. And that's why those songs shined. Because of not words, melody. Go on. All right. Well, I, I, I look at Ozzy as almost like a country artist. Okay. Uh, if, if You know, I, and I hate fucking country. But most country artists have their shit written for them by songwriters. And they're given good material. And they have a certain talent that they, you know, they can take a song and make it theirs. So Ozzy does have that talent there. But to come up with the shit on their own and to write it, Ozzy has no fucking talent in that aspect. Wrong. He can come up with some... Okay. Okay, we disagree. No, 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 no. We don't disagree. I will throw you a fact that Ozzy Osbourne can write songs, okay? The very first heavy metal song ever written... Melody and Lyrics by Ozzy Osbourne. And that song is called Black Sabbath. Now, anybody out there that wants to disagree with me, do me a favor and watch my review on the very first Black Sabbath album where I put up a clip of Geezer Butler saying it, that Ozzy Osbourne wrote the lyrics to that song. Now, I read uh, Ozzy wrote the lyrics to The Writ, which is an amazing song. Um... Fairies wear boots, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, okay, I, I, I'm not saying he hasn't done anything. Okay, I'm not. I, he's no, fucking I, Ozzy. I'm actually, you did. But, actually, you did. Okay, by <laughs> and large, though, come on, come on. By by and large, Ozzy needs somebody to prop him up. I agree, but prop him up? No, no, there, no, no. There you go. No, you wait, go. wait, wait. I agree that Ozzy needs somebody to write lyrics for him most of the time. But Ozzy Osbourne does not there, need. There you go. Yeah. There you go. But what's more? Saying, but what's more time, important? For the most part, he does. But what's more important, Ian? Lyrics or melody lines? What's more important? What's more important? Uh, I would say more important than melody lines would be music. No, 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 no. I didn't. Say, I didn't say music. And, and, I, okay, okay. He, he's not Bon Scott. Okay, Bon Scott could write the fucking song. He can write lyrics. You know? And melody line. He yeah. can do both. Right, right, right. Ozzy, okay, okay, I love Ozzy. Don't make it sound like I hate fucking Ozzy, but Ozzy needs a lot of fucking help. Ozzy needs a lot of fucking help, and Bob Daisley was a lot of fucking help. Bob Daisley just wrote lyrics. He didn't write music. As He even took some of Randy Rhodes' credit, okay? And don't deny that, because I heard him even talk about hey, how he showed Randy a couple riffs here and there, which I that I really don't believe. It's like Randy well, ain't here well, to defend well, himself. Uh, you may you may not believe that, but my good friend Alan Schwartzberg, who used to drum for Kiss, told me that that's true. Yeah, but true Alan. Story. Okay, then. Okay, then. Then you know, I stand corrected there. All right. Uh, all right. Thank you. But you see, here's the thing. Uh, I will. I you know, I'm not one of these. I know a lot of people are getting a bad impression that I'm this uh, zombie Ozzy Osbourne worshiper that uh, just doesn't want to accept the fact that Bob Daisley wrote everything for him. No, that's not how I feel. 
the way I feel about it is that Bob Daisley, I question him ever since I saw that interview that I just played you earlier. It's a lie. He got caught in a lie. And it makes me feel, it makes me think, hey man, maybe this guy's also lying about everything. I'm sure he mo- wrote most of the lyrics, but all the lyrics, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Ozzy, no, maybe Ozzy did write Suicide Solution. Maybe Ozzy did write that song about Bon Scott. Maybe he did. I don't think everything that Bob Daisley says is the truth. Nobody tells the truth 100% of the time except for me, except when I'm lying. But, you know, uh, he's not perfect, but I'm saying he was very instrumental in Ozzy's career. And I believe he has been fucked the same way Lee Kurzik has been fucked out of what they are due. And, and it, it's just, Ozzy always needs someone to fucking help. And this is the best help that he had. Ozzy had to approve everything, okay? Ozzy doesn't... Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy didn't approve shit. It all comes down to fucking Sharon. No, no, no. Oh, even even in a... No, no, I'm talking about music-wise. That in a interview with Randy Rhodes, it's actually in a magazine... That Randy was like just fucking around. And I know you're going to say something negative about it. But it doesn't matter what you feel, Ian. Because a lot of people love Goodbye to Romance. And when Randy was playing it, Ozzy was the one that encouraged them to keep playing it. And do a melody to that. So Ozzy did have a lot to do with what music he wanted to sing to. Now, we all know. Oh. The, wait, wait. You, you say ha. Huh. Oh, oh. But, but, no, but remember. No, remember. I, Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne refused to sing Swing in the Chain. He said, I ain't singing this shit. This shit sucks. So he didn't sing it. Ozzy refused to sing Junior's Eyes. Unless I change those lyrics, I ain't singing this shit. So Ozzy does have a say. Even in Black Sabbath where it has been known that Tony Iommi ran the show. And Ozzy Osbourne put his foot down. I'm sure when he became the singer of Blizzard of Oz, he wasn't just going to say, all right, Bob, tell me what to do. No way. Oh, all right, all right. But but the, I'm not saying Ozzy doesn't have input. And he doesn't have great input because he does. But here's another one. All right, now if you ask Ozzy, Ultimate Sin is fucking horrible. And he doesn't want it to be remastered. That was a horrible fucking album. Okay, well, where was that opinion when it was being made? And it was a number one fucking, well, I don't know if it's number one. But at the time, it was his best and fast-selling album. And he fucking loved that shit. But all of a sudden, there's a lawsuit because they don't want to give residuals to fucking Phil Susan for a shot in the dark, and now he fucking slams it. Don't give me that fucking bullshit because he loved it when it fucking came out. Well, also you got to remember Ozzy at, the t- at that time was uh, bullshitting about his little recovery. That was Ozzy at his worst, and it's well documented. Like he would be standing in elevators, peeing down his leg, and not even knowing he was peeing. Ozzy was at his worst condition at that time i'm not defending it okay i i you know look i hate the album so for ozzy to later on saying i hate that album i don't question him on that and hey it sold a lot of fucking copies though and before and if you want to look it up before he did stop pressing the album on the original when he introduced zach wilde to mtv which is on youtube he did say Oh, the next album's gonna be metal. The last album was just too, too, too soft in spots. He was already kind of alluding he didn't like Ultimate Sin before oh, well, the whole what else, lawsuit. 
what else are you going to do to promote your new guitar player, please? Well, come on. Why but are you going to... I'll tell, tell you what. You and me are going to go round and round on this. And, and, and neither, you know, you, me, Ozzy, or Bob Daisley are right. It's all a matter of opinion. But something that is factual that we need to go to is our pick of the week. And while we're talking about Ozzy, I'm going to talk about another motherfucker that helped prop Ozzy up. And that is one Mr. Jakey Lee. And I'd like to talk about a great, great band that he did after uh, he was fired from Ozzy called Badlands. Uh, I love, love, love the first Badlands album. I love Voodoo Highway. They did an album afterwards called Dusk. I have, but I'm not that familiar with. Uh, But the first two Badlands albums are incredible. Jakey Lee is an incredible guitar player. And uh, great vocals by Ray Gillen. Uh, first album has great drums by Eric Singer. Um, the second album by Eric Martin. Um, and uh, Greg Chastney, or Chastney, I believe, played bass on both albums. Chison. Chison? Okay, there you go. Chison, someone. Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, but they are both great blues rock metal albums. I love both of them. And if you love, uh, or even half-assed like, Bark at the Moon and Ultimate Sin, and you love J.E. Lee's guitar playing, please go check out these albums. I think they're highly underrated uh, and masterpieces in my mind. Uh, way better than most of the shit that was coming out during that era. Ralph, you got a pick of the week? Yeah, before that, and a lot of people can't see us because we're on webcam, but I'm going to show something to Ian here, something extremely rare that has to do with Badlands. Look at this. Oh, Voodoo Highway, license plate. I have a license plate. It was a promotional from Atlantic Records for Voodoo Highway, which I have an actual real metal license plate. Okay, my pick of the week this week um, is from a German band called Experior. Uh, They have an album out called Killing Entertainment. If you love the thrash metal, you will love Experior. I want you to check them out. And uh, there's a track on there called Thrash Insanity, which is uh, killer vocals from me. That's right. The singer, the, the guy behind the whole project, Xperior, got a hold of me. They have several albums out, which I understand has Kane from Hyrax, the guy from Warbringer. Nice. nice. Yeah, he has different singers sing on songs, and he came to me, and he asked me if I wanted to be on the album, and he wrote a song called Thrash Insanity, he sent it my way. I did the vocals in one take real quick, sent it back to him. Oh, and also on the on the same song is a guitar solo from Thrasher Die's own Hell Vomit Sodomizer. He does a guitar solo on it. And uh, I want to play it for you guys out there and just uh, look them up. They're called Xperior Thrash Insanity. And this song is the one that I sang on uh, from the album Killing Entertainment. This is Xperior featuring me. Dr. Fuck and Hell Vomit Slider Manager. This is Thrash Insanity.
All right, there you go. That's Thrash Insanity from Exterior featuring me. And uh, that is my pick of the week. And uh, Wow, that, that was pretty fucking good, I got to admit. Thank that, you. That was that was good. Uh, and you, you know why? Is because I heard Bob Daisley wrote those vocals. Actually, Bob Daisley, I wrote the melody to that. Bob Daisley wrote the lyrics. <laughs> I heard Bob Daisley plays E.T. in the video. Yeah, he does. Is actually. that true? Yeah, yeah, actually. Okay. You know, Bob Daisley, like two years ago, uh, put put a picture of the guy from Breaking Bad on and my passport. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It he was like, it was, yeah, he put Heisenberg <laughs> in my passport eight years ago. <laughs> That's right. You know, you know, in uh, 1986, he said uh, he said that Bush was responsible for 9/11. True story. <laughs> but on that note, we would love to tell y'all how to check out the Rock and Roll Combat Podcast. And surprisingly, I don't have to tell y'all because you've been checking it out like I'm crazy. Uh, As we're recording this today, I mean, you ain't going to hear this for a couple months, but we're having one of our best fucking days ever. And and that's because you keep checking us out on podbean.com. You go to iTunes. We also have the the YouTube channel. Uh, so many ways to enjoy the Rock and Roll Combat Pod, Rock and Heavy Metal Podcast. Um, and thank you so much. I mean, this is just, we cannot believe how many of you guys want to ignore your families and listen to our shit. And and, and, and trust me, you're making the right decision. <laughs> we, we got a lot to say, and we're glad you like it. We're glad if you don't like it. If you don't like it, come on the Facebook page. You know, you know, uh, leave comments on Podbean or YouTube. You know, let us know what you like, what you don't like. But thank you either way for listening. We have a lot of fun doing this. And uh, me and Ralph, this is probably the highlight of our fucking weekend. At least I know my week is to sit here and argue about the music we love so fucking much. So thank you very much uh, for tuning in every week. So this Sunday and every Sunday... Come back and listen to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Ralph, do you have any closing words? Uh, if all goes as planned, we're going to have a very special guest very soon. I don't know if it'll be next week, but he agreed to be on the show. Somebody, uh, I won't give too much away, but uh, if you're a fan of KISS, you pretty much probably heard about this guy. He's never been a member of KISS, but somehow related to it. Uh, I spoke to him briefly, and he agreed to do our show. So that will be interesting. And again, uh, like Ian said, um, I want to thank everybody that listens. And man, like all these hits, 800 hits. And it's, it's just mind-blowing how much we're picking up. And I also want everybody, I encourage you to go to iTunes and, you know, um, leave a comment. You can leave comments there. You can, you can also leave comments at Podbeam, right, Ian? Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well here's, here's the thing. Uh, I know a lot of people this day and age don't want to be bothered. It's easy. You see the link, you just hit play. If you want to leave a comment on Podbean, you have to sign up. But you don't have to give, you know, your credit card or all that shit. You just got to fill out a couple things. Give them a stupid fucking, you know, name like you do on fucking uh, on, on uh, Facebook or whatever. You know, You know, just sign up. And then you can say whatever you want. The same thing with iTunes. I mean, you have to have an iTunes account. But we appreciate anybody. Leave any kind of constructive criticism or bitching. We don't care. Yeah. But like, you know, just just like it or don't like it. You know, you can do whatever. But, uh, man, we love interacting with you guys. Because we've met a lot of great people 
through this show. Uh, people that will be on the show in future episodes, you could be one of those people. I mean, if you interact with us through, you know, leaving comments, going on the, the Facebook page, I mean, talk to us. You can get on one of these episodes. All we ask is you have a good mic with a, a, a good USB mic that's, that's digital, you know, so we have good sound. But we will let fans come on this show. I mean, of course, me and Ralph have the best opinions, but you guys might have some pretty good fucking ones, too. And you're the ones who make this show a fucking hit. So become part of it. Uh, you, you know, I mean, it, the opportunity's there. We're just a couple of fucking fans who decided, fuck it, we're going to do this. You could be part of it, too. You know, so so keep in touch with us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. And, I mean, if you want to be part of this, uh, you know, it is possible. And, and, and thank you so much, because uh, we, we are, uh, for a couple of fucking knuckleheads that just love hard rock, we are doing incredible, and it's all thanks to you listeners. So thank you very much. Yeah, and I also want to thank everybody at the Almost Human Facebook page. Uh, very active. Uh, we, we want all you guys to go join the, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Facebook page. And, you know, let's all get, you know, we have great conversations going on. At almost human, let's let's take it on over to the to the combat page, um, and uh, you know, and I hope uh, you guys check out my bands, uh, Combat and Thrasher Die. Uh, very important because that is my lifeline. I mean, well, I work for the city. It ain't my. I don't do this for money. Okay, I don't make money off Thrasher Die, even though I do sell a lot. But it all goes back into the band. Uh, I do this for the love of music. That's why I want everybody. You know what? Anybody out there, we have an album out. It's called Thrasher Dies Poser Holocaust. If you get on Google, let me tell you something. I got tired of counting how many, what do they call those things? Those uh, those websites where you can download it for free. Uh, I forgot what they're called. Like, uh, but there's a lot of people that have our album out there for free that I'm making no money off of. And you know what? I don't care under one condition. Whoever downloads it and likes it, please share it with your friends. Spread it to everybody. I don't care about money. I do care about exposure. I want a lot of people because a lot of people love Thrasher Die. We are up to 162,000 people on our Facebook page. Don't believe me? Go look for yourself. People love the band, but I want more people to love us. I want it to expand so then promoters will take us out there. We can play at your town. You can come hang out with me and we can have a great time. And, you know, ha- hope you have a hot girlfriend that you'd like to share her with me. And uh, just have a good damn time, man. So uh, please support my bands. But even more important, support this podcast, please. And I know a lot of you already on on iTunes. I mean, it's not going to be no effort. Just go there, subscribe, and leave a comment to us. I don't care if you even bash us and give us no stars. Unlike other podcasts that beg you, and they beg you like, please give us a positive. No, not us. We have to earn the positive. And if you don't like us, let us know. Okay? And I don't care. I love it. I love negative criticism. It doesn't matter to me as long as we get some type of attention. So, uh, Ian, uh, I think that's all I need to say for this week. I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, any parting words there, Ian? Yeah, I'd just like to say, uh, yeah, I also have a band, Dark Side, John Cameron and Beaver Brown cover band. If you, if you like all the songs from Andy the Cruisers, uh, we do those songs, just not as good. So if you're in New Orleans and, uh, you know, you're broke, 
come see us because there's no cover. Um, but definitely, if you get a chance to check out Thrash or Die, they are an incredible band. I'm not just saying this, uh, you know, because Ralph gave me uh, $10 that is supposedly in my fucking uh, PayPal account. You but, asshole, uh, I told you to plug Combat, not Thrash or Die. Oh, they're both great. Uh, with uh, both, both of them have great lyrics written by Bob Daisley. Um, they, they are amazing bands. Uh, Ralph, Ralph is a true heavy metal fan, and uh, he puts the same passion he puts in these podcasts, he puts into the music that he does, uh, that he puts into the reviews that you probably see on YouTube. Uh, th- this is a guy you really need to support. Uh, I love him. He's a, he's a great brother. He's a great friend. And, uh, man, if you're going to, you know, this is where you need to go. Put your money towards somebody who actually stands behind what they do, and Ralph does that. I love him, and I, I can't push his bands enough. And thank you again for listening. Wow, thank you very much, Ian. That was really nice, and I love you too, brother. Uh, all, right, all right, now I'm going to leave with these parting words. Um, Thrash or die. I wrote the melodies. Nah, <laughs> nah, I'm lying. Actually, Bob Daisley wrote all the lyrics. Ozzy Osbourne wrote all the melodies. Good night, everybody. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Oh. <laughs>